Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today, we are presenting part two of our interview with legendary coach Tony Blauer. If you missed part one, make sure you go back an episode and check that out. The conversation will continue pretty much right where we left it off. I do want to encourage you to check out our sponsors at 10,000.cc. That's T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D.cc. Use the discount code MAXIMUS15 for 15% off your order of the best athletic menswear on the planet. Also, check out Lalo.com, L-A-L-O.com. That is the home of the preferred footwear of the Maximus podcast, the Maximus Grinder. Uh, it's a great all-around workout shoe, but they also have some fantastic tactical boots, tactical gear available on the website. So again, check out Lalo.com. Without further ado, here is part two of our interview with Coach Blau. All right, so Tony, um, we've got your background. We've got the fear stuff. I want to take advantage of your expertise to walk us through what's going on in the world right now. Right. Uh, specifically what's going on in the United States, I'd say more than anything, because I'm kind of actually uh, beside myself. And I'm going to start this with kind of a funny question, but it's not really funny. Do I need to go buy a gun? You personally don't, just because you're Maximus, right? Okay, um, fair enough. You're, That's a you're, good answer. You're, you're safe. He, he has listened to the podcast, Bobby. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but Joe, you absolutely need to get a gun. Oh, I have seven. I'm good. <laughs> so, the reason, though, Tony, I ask that is because if you would have asked me three weeks ago if I would have had a gun in the house, I would have said absolutely not. And one of the reasons is, as a police officer, if you go to a call where a seven-year-old boy shoots his four-year-old brother and the, and, and the four-year-old brother dies – you start doing like, at least for me, I do a risk reward analysis, right? Like how much do I actually need a gun in the house? If someone breaks in at three in the morning, I'm a trained fighter. I know how to take care of myself. If they hear a noise, they're probably going to leave. Most people in a home invasion are shot with their own gun. Like I've got all these things flowing through my head. I don't need one that bad, but now I'm seeing all this stuff on the news of, of the coronavirus and, and we're going to be in martial law and there's a 30-day lockdown and the media is filling my head with all kinds of stuff. And even though I'm an evolved person, I'm starting to picture the world, you know, devolving into chaos in the next 20 days. And I don't know if I can remember a point where I've ever felt like this. I don't even think I felt like this after 9-11 because I was in Canada. I was kind of safe from it. Right. It was a distance, if that made sense. Yeah. No, listen, it's, it's, it's super scary. I mean, I would tell you that, that Joe doesn't need seven guns and he should send you a couple, one for each hand. Are you, are you allowed in the United States? I was having this talk with a buddy of mine. I'm from Canada, the land of gun control. Right. So I actually sent him a text. I'm like, can I order a gun in the mail? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know. I'm in the United States. Guns are my rights. Can I just, can Amazon ship me one overnight? Can Joe go down to the post office and just <laughs> USPS me one? Yeah. Uh, we should probably edit this part of the uh, show out. So <laughs> the, uh, no. Uh, um, I don't, like, I don't want, I'm, I'm reticent to answer this because I have, a bunch of weapons in the house. I've got five dogs. I've got uh, just in my office, you know, right here, uh, fucking just in my office, a tomahawk and a pistol. <laughs> right? But it just hangs out there. 
and this just originally it was just in case my wife got upset with me, but now it's for you know the zombie apocalypse. Just kidding. Um, but the I've always had guns, right? So so they're here. I've got friends that are going, yeah, I bought more ammo. I bought more ammo. I'm like, I fucking hope it doesn't come to that. I'd like to think that that we are so much more evolved than you know 100 years ago or 500 years ago when when shit went down but i will tell you this uh i've already started hearing a friend of mine's buddy called his roommate was just mugged the other night for her groceries two guys coming she came out of a supermarket you know uh um you know and that and that was before the lockdown so i i hope i hope something turns around yeah. in terms of, and I'm not literally, just so we're clear, I'm not literally asking that question, like, do I need to go buy a gun? But hearing a stat the other day that gun sales were up, the people are hoarding toilet right. paper, old women are fighting for batteries in the grocery store. Right. I mean, this shit is happening. Help me understand what's going on in terms of why are people so afraid right now and what is driving this response? Because I also feel California went locked down. New York went locked down. Now the other 48 states are just going to fall like dominoes and everybody's right. in lockdown. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. So so one of the things that I always talk about with our fear management program is, uh, you know, it's an acronym that I use all the time and in, in, in it, it's false expectations appearing real. F-E-A-R, false expectations appearing real. And I describe it in, in, in simple terms and I always tease because there's a lot of you know, psychologists and experts out there, and you hear them interviewed, and like I'll listen to them, and I'm 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 fairly intelligent, and I'm like I'm confused after that. Like, what did you just tell us? It's just too pedantic, right? And I use that word on purpose all the time because no one knows what it means. And what I mean by that is people, like an expert, will come on and they'll say stuff where you go, I don't even know what he's talking about. Oh, I need to get control of myself. I need to discover this. I need to, and the average person freaking out is just stop listening. And so I try to create simple examples and simple metaphors, almost as if I was sitting down and co-developing the program with Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street. And it's this. Depending on your personality, depending on how you're wired, you're going to take news differently. Right. Um, and and so there's a cross section of population. There's different demographics that are. You remember Dumb and Dumber, the movie Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey, the, uh, the bathroom scene where he's sitting in the floor with his thumb in his mouth. Going <laughs> there are some people that have just gone emotionally, psychologically fetal, right? And so they have the complete doomsday movie playing in their mind. And then there are other people who are, you know, conspiracy theorists and they're like, they're at the beach partying and it's spring break and they're running around and, you know, fuck all the recommendations, you know, uh, I'll, I'll do what I want. Right. And then there are people going, okay, this is where it's going, martial law. And that's that. And each, each demographic is running a movie in their mind that supports the way they look at, at, at a stimuli and the fear based stimuli. But I tell people, if, you're, if you really understand false expectations appearing real, uh, then what you understand is it's when I'm visualizing a future event that involves my pain, my misery, my failure, and it mobilizes me in the present. So that's really how I define it. 
And and so if we extrapolate, it's you know you you look at CNN, you look at Fox, you look at something on on Twitter, and it said this is what's happening and this is the outcome and this is that, and you heard 30 days lockdown. Listen, I was thinking about this today. If I told you you're working your ass off, and I said to you, hey, I want you to take a few weeks off and just go home and uh, just hang out with your family, get to know your kids better, work at home, read, catch up on your reading, learn how to meditate, learn how to play guitar. Like if it weren't like the end of the world in the pandemic, you go, fuck, that sounds amazing. I'd love to do that. I've been working nonstop for 10 years. When I add that it's forced rest, forced shelter at home, then the only thing that changes that is the movie that I'm playing in my mind. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying the danger. The danger is real. The danger is real both for the virus and the danger is real for people freaking out because it's martial law. And now we've got, you know, all of that shit happening. But as you know, as a, a fighter, and both of you know, like when you're doing a workout, it's you against you, right? Like Stallone said in Rocky, whatever. And that's the thing that I try to inspire people to realize that if you need to develop the self-awareness to recognize that you are in the fear loop right now, and that for you to make a more intelligent decision, if we go back to my Murph story in the previous episode, that there are things in life that we need to do scared, we can't not do them just because we're scared. We now have to figure out how to do them while scared. And so this is a scary time, a scary situation, because none of us have any experience with this. If if this, you know, pandemic got downgraded to an epidemic, got downgraded to like being overseas where a, uh, 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 the siren, seek shelter siren went off because, you know, the threat of bombs, you know, if we were walking around Israel or someplace in the Middle East and those alarms went off and we'd never heard them, we'd be like, what's that? What's that? Our whole physiology would change. We'd be panicking. We'd be... But when you look at the citizens who've been living with that for decades, they're just walking quickly to their shelter. So the human mind and the human body adapts. I'm not, I hope I'm not, I know I'm not answering your question with a one plus one equals two answer because I'm trying to tell people that like it's no simple answer. There's you, because of your background, Bobby, will, if I said to you, hey, here are my recommendations to calm and quell your mind. You'll probably, like, like within an hour, get your shit together. You'll have these little mini fear spikes. Why? Because you've done scary things in the past. So your brain, the neuroplasticity of your brain, knows it can adapt. You've been on calls. You've seen shit. You've been in fights. You've pulled your gun out. You've had someone come at you with a weapon. You've been in the octagon. So right now, like, why aren't all of those previous like fear management skills being used right away. It starts with almost like you being your own coach, like the coach, your favorite coach, and saying, man, you got this. You need to be the fucking hero. You're not victim number one in this scenario. This is the movie I'm playing. I need to stop this movie right now. What do I need to do to protect myself so I can protect my family? And now that I can, I've protected myself and my family, what do I do to protect my community where I live? And then does that behavior uh, uh, you know, one of my coaches in Australia did the most amazing thing in, in Sydney yesterday where he helped a, 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 a young mom who was very upset peel that onion like I did with Sean in, in before his fight where what are you afraid of? What are you nervous? And peeled it down and gave her some don't let the math beat you. And she walked out of there with a big smile on her face. And he wrote this whole thing. I, I, I shared it online if you guys want to read it. It's an amazing story. 
And um, but that's that, that one thing at a time. Can you that? And I said, you know, the virus is contagious, but so is what Grant just did. That that mom is going to go home with a whole different outlook, and that's going to be contagious for her family and her husband. And that Grant's behavior, I already have coaches in our private forum going, wow, that's inspired me to do this for my community. And that's what we need to do. But you can't do it if you don't change how you look at fear. If you don't see that there is a map for fear, it's called the cycle behavior. And, and I don't want to shamelessly plug shit, but, but I've been studying this stuff since the 80s. And we have a map. And you just drop your scenario in it. And it doesn't fix anything. Everyone listening to this, you're going to have to fix you. And then you work on your family and then you work on, you know, uh, your community as you can, as your energy allows. But but right now, if you're if you're stuck at home, where are the sucker punches coming from? Where is the nut key, the need of the nuts coming from? Where are the, where are the shots fired coming from? They're they're not coming from social media. You're allowing that in your house. Shut the blinds. Turn that shit off. Do a check in. Limit what you I found myself sitting here waiting for us to get online I just finished that that other interview uh, out in New York and then you know I just turned on the internet and um, started listening to uh, you know uh, Ben Shapiro talking about like the the financial strain that this bailout which isn't a bailout and he's saying like it's just not sustainable we're fucked this is and I'm like listening to that and all of a sudden his words started so listen the movie in your mind you got to remember you're the producer you're the screenwriter you're the director and you're the star right you understand that like i realized that his words were creating a new script that started a new movie in my mind i felt my physiology change i went from a, a parasympathetic state to a sympathetic state vertical breathing i had the self-awareness to go fuck i shut it right away because whether it's true or not it's still 60 days away. I don't need it today. What I need to do today is start getting strong. So so the violence is in our mind, everybody. And this isn't cavalier and, and foo-foo, you know, positive psychology. We need to strengthen our resolve and our mindset by studying the psychology of fear, not the biology or physiology of fear. And that's what that's what the No Fear program is about. So what do you think, what do you think in terms of like what's gripping society right now? What other things can people do if the seeds have already been planted sure. and you're at home right now and you're listening to this and you're worried about, you're ready to go out and buy a gun, you're hoarding toilet paper, you're, you're, you're buying cords of wood, you're buying propane, like you're going crazy. Right. What, what are some things you can do to like shut this movie down that's playing in your head? It's the self-awareness, critical thinking, and, and, and to, to really stop. Listen, um, I have guns and ammo. So I've got, like, friends who went and bought ammo. But are they doing it panic-stricken and panic-buying? Or are they doing it going, you know, it would really suck if I needed ammo and I had none. Like, to do it lucidly, to do it intelligently. You go to the store and... And, you know, shit, everything's contagious. Like, not, I'm not talking about the virus here. Compassion and understanding. And some people might go, this is ridiculous. Listen, if what I'm saying sounds ridiculous to some of you, you're one of those different demographics. Flowers full of shit. And someone else is going, that's true, that's nice. If I'm going to see an old lady in the store 
who's using her her uh, her uh, uh, what do they call it uh, cart as a walker, and and I see she's scared. I go, ma'am, what are you looking for? Let me help you. That's contagious, right? Make sure she gets to her car without getting mugged, and you feel good, and it, that's all contagious. But Bobby, there's no oh think this, do this, swallow this red pill. No, swallow the blue pill. The reality is, we, it's a choiceless choice. You know, our golden rules are accept what's happening, right? Get challenged, don't stop thinking. Those are the three golden rules right out of our program. If I don't accept what's happening, then I can't get strategic and tactical. So the reality is, when this all happened, with an elevated heart rate, I turned to my wife, I just got back from the UK, right? I got back just in between that window. We were over there teaching three courses. And I said to my wife, I said, not in order of importance, do we have enough dog food? Do we have enough food for humans, right? Do you remember the code to my safe? Do you, are, the, are the cars filled with gas, right? It's scary talks. So and when I have this talk and my kids are there, they're like, Dad, stop it. I go, listen, we're going to be fine, but we need to have these talks. We can't pretend this isn't happening. And it's, it's my job and then it's their job to, to give them tools and skills because where we start the panic is when we entertain what starts off, listen, the fear spike starts with a movie in our mind and we can decide this movie is a 15 minute movie or it's a one hour movie or it's a fucking movie of the week and it plagues every night. You're the producer, you're the director. You just go, fuck this, I'm not going to entertain this movie, right? It's a fucking horror film. You know, listen, I, I, I put this shit together, I've taught this to psychologists, I've taught this to tier one operators. I've taught this to everyone, every demographic I've shared this with. And, and, and it fucking works because it's not a quick fix, although some people it's like a light switch. It's if, if you're really lost, so let's use the metaphor being lost. The people that are freaking out are lost. If I said to you, you know, answer this question, do you feel lost right now? The answer would be, yeah, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. If I said to you, you're not lost, here's a map. Here's actually, you know, the term mind map. Here's literally a mind map, a map for your mind. This is where you are. You're in the fear loop. Here's where you need to be. Here's where you need to go. If you start moving, you will start to feel better, right? Movement is mental. You need to start moving. Even if you can't get out of your house, move your mind. Because right now your mind is fixating on, I'm in quicksand and I'm drowning. I don't know what to fucking do. And so... It's just giving this map and then it's it's literally, you've all heard this, you know, like the sailor metaphor. You don't just go, oh, I'm going to go due north. You need to be watching the wind and you need to be watching reefs and you need to navigate and you need to move the sail constantly to catch the wind. That's the metaphor in our mind. I need to catch when I'm letting fucking negative thoughts blow me off course and then get back. So there's nothing wrong with buying toilet paper and ammo and food, and there's nothing wrong with being afraid, right? It's when you let it get out of control that you lose control of yourself, and that's fucking contagious. And that's where the danger will happen. So fear is contagious, but so is courage. And you can't be brave if you're not afraid. I'll say that again. It's one of our, my favorite lines from the seminar. You cannot be brave if you're not afraid. And so we all want to be courageous right now. We all want to be brave right now, but we're scared. Well, guess what? Good. It's the only way you can be brave. If you're the skydiver who isn't afraid to jump on an airplane, that's not bravery. 
Peer management is I'm going to jump out of an airplane right now and I'm fucking scared shitless, but I train myself to think this way and do these things. That makes a lot of sense. I love the way you put that. Thank you. So I want to ask Bobby a question. Does any of this sound familiar? Have you have you heard any of this? Accept, get challenged, keep thinking. Is that does that ring a bell at all? I don't know. <laughs> it is to say, uh, uh, Coach Blower, like uh, you, you and I go back a ways. Like uh, we work together quite a bit. Um, uh, like you said, I've been through the seminars multiple times. I, I love the material, and I'd be lying if I said it didn't absolutely impact how I do my job as a trainer. Uh, and impact my psychology. And then Bobby, on the other hand, um, I, I don't know if you've if you've got a copy of his book. I'll gladly send one to you. But the the beginning of the book, it's all psychology stuff. And so on the one hand, self defense seems very brutal. Martial arts, learn to kick, learn to put, you know punch, learn to fight. Training is like picking stuff up, putting stuff down, running hard. But somewhere in the middle of all of this, like your two minds converge. And, and I think we, we've talked about this in the past, uh, Coach Blauer, uh, about the, the language of self-defense and the language of fitness really blend. And so it kind of made sense when you got very involved with the CrossFit world, which is sort of how I ended up crossing paths with you in the first place. But, but again, the, the depth of the psychology, the depth of it, it isn't just picking stuff up and putting it down. It isn't just throwing a punch. You know, a punch is just a punch. A kick is just a kick. There's like this whole other level of stuff that needs to be going on in order to to get beyond that very basic level of response, whether that's the the fear of a, an athletic endeavor, getting into the ring and throwing a punch, uh, winning a CrossFit throwdown of some sort, facing Fran. Right. Uh, I think uh, uh, Coach Glassman had said Fran is one of the only workouts in the world that can actually spike someone's heart rate before they even begin. Um, and so I, I, I keep seeing these, these parallels between what we talk about on this podcast from a training perspective and, and what I've learned from you, Coach Blauer, uh, in particular, the, the cycle of behavior. It has been such a useful tool for me to try to wrap my mind around what's going on and so many different circumstances around this virus. I think from a societal level, from what's going on in the government, from how the corporation that I currently work for has responded to this, it's absolutely palpable to, to pull that, that diagram up and actually walk through it. And I, I did this with uh, one of my supervisors at work, um, the, the training manager I work with, and he was astounded. And we ended up having a very uh, uh, insightful conversation around the appropriate response to these kinds of stimulus and the lack of planning that existed before and the lack of a plan that exists now. So my question to you, and this, this might get maybe a, a little too deep into the weeds um, on, on the, the psychology behavior, but... As we're walking our way through the cycle of behavior and we get to that false evidence appearing real and we decide we're going to get challenged by our situation, I feel, and, and, and this is what I'm asking is for your insights on this, but I feel like people don't know enough to make that plan and to get out of that fear loop. And I feel like society keeps coming back around of we, we, we want to get out of the fear loop. We want to get challenged by this situation. We want to find a way. But what steps and what outcomes are we actually hoping for, right? That goal, action, result, that's what's missing for me. And so my, my only real response is, well, accept the circumstances, as we said, and kind of wait things out and try not to respond. And so there's almost a, uh, 
holding yourself in suspension, waiting for that next bit of information, waiting for that next development. So what what would your insights on on the cycle of behavior, what steps do you think people should be taking to get out of that for your loop? Well, you can tell by the way you're talking about it, you know, because you've been through several of my trainer courses and and you were a lifelong martial artist and, and ran gyms, you integrated it. You saw its value. Um, again, a lot of people who listen to your show, I'm sure there's a huge percentage that are in the, you know, wellness, fitness space. And so we talk about how how important mindset is, and this is it goes back to technician, trainer, coach. You get somebody warming up, doing a snatch with PVC, and they look amazing, and they're fast. And then they look really good with an Olympic bar, and then they look really good with a certain amount of weights. But when they start nearing their PR, everything changes. Their form changes. But you haven't like, how is that even possible? Well, what's changed is this gap in their belief system between capacity and potential. And, and where you as a coach are going, your potential's here, if their belief in their capacity is lower, we introduce fear. And the psychology of fear tightens up everything. It tightens up movement, literally at the fascial level, because I'm nervous, right? And so now if I change my range of motion, I change my form. And then that propagates my next fear spike. Oh, shit, I don't want And But if I say to the person, okay, stop, what are you afraid of here? And like, and they go, well, you know, well, I just, I just, I'm afraid I'm not going to make the, no, what are you really afraid of? I'm afraid of dropping these weights on my head or my back. Okay. Do you know how to, to pitch yourself for the weights? Do you know any safe, like I know people who have no idea how to drop weights properly. Like that contingency, that's like, like someone gives you a gun, Bobby, when you're a cop and doesn't teach you how to clear a jam. Yep. Right. Yep. And so, so I call these lovingly, you know, malfunctions and we, and all the time in our training, whether we're doing personal safety, self-defense or mindset, there's a malfunction. The malfunction in the cycle of behavior is you're cruising along, you get out of the fear loop, you challenge a threat and you go to goal action result. Okay. I'm going to do that. And then you scroll down, you look at your phone and it says, you know, uh, statewide lockdown, only essential movement. And you go, ah, and you're back in the fear loop. Well, if you don't understand how the map works and the map the, the, the evolved map, the, the 6.0 version of it shows that, that like a heartbeat up and down, your body actually cycles through like, like a, like a, like a electro, electrical uh, pulse cycles through fear, duress, flow, fear, duress, flow. So there's a moment, let's say, Bobby, you're there and uh, you're, you've climbed into the ring, you're waiting for the guy to walk up to you. And then there's a moment where you think about uh, the last fight where you took a really good body shot and had a bruised rib. It just flashes into your head and you immediately get those butterflies in your stomach, but you shake it off, right? And so it's like, what am I doing? That was like six months ago. Fuck, right? And then you look at the guy and you go, man, I'm going to eat this guy up, right? And you, you charge yourself up and then you start thinking about And so there's this psychology, and hopefully this, this pretend visual makes sense, that if we actually could identify every single fucking thought that ran through our brain, right, that'd be insanely difficult to do. And so, Joe, coming back to what you were saying, is if people need to study this mind map called the cycle of behavior and understand that when a stimulus is introduced too quickly, 
that is a negative stimulus, something we don't want to hear, something we don't want to believe, it triggers a fear spike. And as soon as the fear spike is triggered, that's an adrenaline dump. As soon as that tr fear spike is, is triggered, what happens is we are in the fear loop. And there's a moment of doubt. And doubt, if you, if you, if you entertain doubt, it turns into fixation. If you entertain fixation, it turns into anxiety. And so we need to understand that domino effect there. This is where the self-awareness comes in. This is where we got to step back and go, whoa, I just created this vortex in my mind. And so I'm deliberately like, like I can't answer in good conscience. Like somebody says to me, I, I had somebody recently uh, go through our, the, our, the online no fear program, right? 90 minute audio slides, me talking. So here I'm inserting this. So this is like, like uh, the matrix. I know Kung Fu, right? You're listening to the shit. We're inserting the software into your brain. I had a guy message me literally say, Hey, I've had anxiety for years. I just did your program. I think it's gone. Is that possible? Holy shit. Like imagine now I've got to write with a little asterisk and letters, like on every fucking commercial results may vary. Like you may listen to it and go, this is fucking bullshit. You may listen to it and go, Okay, I understand what he's saying, but I'm still scared. In other words, the adaptation phase is going to be based on you. Are you pessimistic? Do you understand anything about neural, uh, neuroplasticity? Have you done things? That's why I said like someone like you, Bobby, would look at the program and go, oh, this makes so much sense. And it doesn't change whether you get a fear spike. It changes how long you stay in the fear loop. That's fear management. I'm afraid to jump out of an airplane. Okay, I'm now going to jump out of an airplane. I don't like heights. Fucking, you know, I didn't finish in my Fort Bragg story. I've done, I've skydived twice. Static line and tandem jump. I fucking hate heights. But I jumped out of an airplane at 12,800 feet without a parachute. How could I say that? Because I was attached to some other guy. And just before the jump, I'm at 12,800 feet. You open up. Have either of you skydived? I haven't. Okay. Bobby? Uh, yes, once a long time ago. Did you like it? Uh, I'd never do it again. Okay. But if I said to you, you need to do it, you would manage your fear, right? Like if you had to do it. Maybe not. I'd have to maybe spend a session with you. But, but the idea is like when that door opened at 12,800 feet, the sound of the wind at that height, and I'm up there. And I'm doing this literally, everyone listening, as a fear management experiment. When I need to change a light bulb, I call a handyman. You know, unless it's like a, like a lamp where I don't have to get up on a ladder. I don't fucking like heights. I got to climb up on a ladder. I'm like, my brain is doing like, ah, oh, fuck, don't fall down. I must have fallen out of a treehouse when I was a kid and I don't remember it and I'm fucking scared of heights or something. But my, the joke is I still said, I teach fear management and, I, and for years before skydiving, I used to talk about, uh, just as a metaphor, I would say, hey, how many in the class here skydive? Growing up in Montreal, Canada, it was almost zero. Once in a while, there was one. And it was that person that loved it. I go, so you don't count. You're the outlier. You're the anomaly. You're an adrenaline junk. You don't count. The rest of you, I said, how many of you are going to go skydiving today because we just did a fear management seminar? They were all like you, Bobby. Fuck no, I'm not jumping out of an airplane. I go, what if I told you it would be the coolest experience in your life that it would change your relationship with fear 
and that you would talk about it nonstop. You would talk about it more than people talk about CrossFit during the golden era of CrossFit, right? Um, uh, the, uh, the, I would say, how many of you, just because I said, I guarantee I spoke to whoever you believe in, God, Buddha, whoever you believe in, I spoke to him, he packed your shoot for you or she packed your shoot for you. You're going to live through this, guaranteed. How many of you, if you had that guarantee, would jump out of an airplane? Guess what they all said? Nope, not doing it. I ended up, for years I would do this, and then when the original Point Break came out with, with uh, uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, when I saw them skydiving in the filming, I turned to my buddy, Richard, and I said, Richard, if that's what skydiving looks like, we have to go. He goes, I agree. I said, while we're excited for the movie, let's go tomorrow. He said, okay. I said, I'm booking this when we get home. We'll call him at 7 in the morning. He says, I didn't sleep all night. I'm scared she'll I'm not going. He says, he says, you can't go. You're going to die. I go, no, I'm going. i got to go because I'm doing it as a fear management exercise. I went, guys. I did the static line jump. And I, I said afterwards, I think I passed out as I jumped out of the airplane, so I don't remember it. So I, I got to do this again. I was teaching a seminar a week later in Washington State. Uh, and I went alone. Nobody knew where I was. I went alone. I was traveling with my son, who was 18 months old. I had custody of my kid. How insanely irresponsible is this? <laughs> Doing a seminar. I found a babysitter, and I didn't tell her where I was going. I said, hey, like, here's some contact information in case you got to reach my mom if you get sick or whatever. Gave him the number, and then I went and did a tandem jump. I had to do it. I hate, and I'm terrified of heights. I went, but as a guy who studies fear management, I had to be able to explain what was going on. I went in, I, I, they gave me a, a fucking, I don't know if it was 20 pages of, of read this and sign each page. I said, if I read that, I won't go, right? They go, probably some people don't. I said, well, I'm just going to sign it. Let's go. I got up there, um, 12,800 feet, just as we're circling the drop zone, I look over to the guy I'm jumping with and I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, uh, good. I go, how are things at home? He goes, good. I said, like, any suicidal thoughts or things that your girlfriend dumped you recently? Everything good? He laughs. He goes, yeah, you know, uh, everything's great. You know, just the, uh, the narcolepsy, you know, but the meds are good, so I shouldn't pass out on the way down. I go, motherfucker, right? The jump master from hell, right? He goes, you'll be fine. I go, yeah. I go, uh, you've got a backup shoot, right? He goes, yeah. I go, I have no shoots. So he's looking at me. He goes, you ready to go? I go, no, but let's do this. I get there. He says, turn around. I'm going to clip you in. You're going to love this, Bobby. I'm on my knees. He comes up behind me, and he just you clip, clipping in through like 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 technical, tactical D-rings, right, for the, for the tandem jump. He clips me in, and what I do is I lean like this. I lean like this, and I just lean forward because I want to hear the rings click. Because that's the only way I'm going to know through auditory and tactile stimuli that I'm actually fucking flipped to him. Because I'm thinking, wouldn't it be funny if he said, and he hit me on my shoulder and I jumped, because I don't have a fucking parachute. <laughs> him. So we did that, we jump out, and on the way down, I'm out there like this, on the way down, I think to myself, and I told myself I was going to do this. What are you going to do if he passes out? What are you going to do if both his shoots have a malfunction? Because I asked the question, can the primary shoot have a malfunction? He goes, yeah. 
I go, isn't the secondary chute kind of designed exactly like the primary chute? He goes, yeah. I said, so can the secondary chute have a malfunction? He goes, well, that's highly unlikely. I go, thank you for the answer, right? So I, on the way down, go, both chutes are going to malfunction. What are you going to do? And I just said, fucking enjoy the ride, man. This is it. Some days you're the bug and some days you're the windshield. At the end of the day, we can only accept where we are. But if I come back to the fear management and the psychology here, you're not going to make good decisions, informed decisions, critical thinking decisions, if you're in the fucking fear loop. And you're also, you know, adding to the movie. CNN comes on, Fox comes on, someone comes on. This is it. It's the end of days. You need to control yourself and get informed and then and then move from there. And we also, and part of this here is we need to recognize that right now our scientists and our doctors are trying to save the fucking planet. Imagine the, the meeting this morning. Hey guys, how are we doing? Got a cure yet? No, sir. So just so you know, we ran some numbers. Uh, you need to get something together fast because you're going to maybe save 10 million people or 5 million people. Or two. What kind of fucking pressure is that? So after 9-11, after 9-11, we had tier one operators moving downrange to try and suppress this, right? Right now, the tier one operators are our scientists and our doctors, and they're moving towards the fucking danger, exposed to the fucking virus every day, trying to figure out how to stop it or counter it, right? And we need to understand, yeah, are there politics involved? Are there people trying to figure out how to make billions of dollars? Are there, yeah, but that's the movie we entertain. Right now, we need to go, listen, is the virus real? Yes, is the danger real? Yes, who cares who started it? Did China start it? Did this, it doesn't fucking matter. It's out there. It's our medical 9-11. And we need to come to fucking together and work just like the day after 9-11. Let's fucking stop terrorism. And so we need to, if, if you focus only on supporting what the CDC and the medical people are, and do I have conspiracy thoughts and theories and all that? They're just running news that five or six people in the Senate dumped millions of dollars of stock before the announcement. You guys read that? Yeah, yeah. Disgusting. That means they knew something and they went, you know what? Before the world finds out, I'm going to make sure that I don't fucking lose more money. That's fucking disgusting. And those people should literally lose their jobs and be thrown in jail. But they won't because of their of a certain political party and their their the laws are different for those fuckers. But it does you if you and I right now started a podcast talking about that, would we inject more cortisol into our systems? Would we go fucking crazy? Would when we get off the call, I'm angry right now thinking about it. My physiology just changed. Right now, if I walked out the door. And my wife said, hey, I need you to take the garbage out. I go, not fucking now. I'm just right. And then she'd go, don't talk to me that way. We're all scared. And then my kids, you understand how like this just propagates? And next thing we know, we're panic buying. No, I, I, I love that. I mean, it's, it's you could see the contagion right now, which is crazy, which is why I try to take everything with a grain of salt. But it's also you said that it was interesting, like conspiracy theories, theories and stuff. You also don't know what's true coming through the media. And I'm not like a big conspiracy guy, but everything you read has a spin on it. So we're also kind of, if you talk about being in the fear loop, blind to a degree because we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're uh, uh, at mercy of what somebody else posts 
or what somebody decides to report. We're, we're at, not there. We're not we're seeing at, it unfold. Yeah. Bobby, we're at mercy of what we do with that information. Yes. So like Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning said, that's what you do between stimulus and response. It's how, it's how the conversation in your mind. Right now, the impact, the attacks are emotional, psychological. If I said to you, I heard China did this on purpose to destabilize the world because of the trade war. You go, that might be true, but I got to make, I got to go to the store and do a grocery run. Yeah, right? that's true. Or you go, oh, fucking and now you go to the store and you knock over an old lady who's a walker and you break her hip and, and she's in the hospital because you knocked her over to get fucking toilet paper or hamburger. <laughs> well, I, no, no, no. So, so we can, we can. I think that's a good place to wrap up the podcast. Um, I just I want to I want to interject and just say that Bobby would knock over an old lady to get to Mike the did, if he's good enough for me. But <laughs> really, the message to leave people with then is it's not what you read, it's not what you see, it's not the post on Instagram that comes on your newsfeed. The problem is how you deal with it is what you're trying to is what you're saying. Right. It's, it's what you do with that information, and you've got to be able to just exactly, you know, Bob, you're an entrepreneur, and you're successful. How many times a day, you too, Joe, how many times a day do you get emails, texts, pop-ups that distract you from when you had to put together your digital program, when you guys are now, when you guys now are, are pivoting to move everything online? I canceled seven fucking courses in April. All my business is, is live. I hardly do any online shit. Yeah. This week, I have an online program. We're going online with our Be Your Own Bodyguard with a two-hour uh, version of what you can do at the supermarket in the, in the you know, things to think about when you're, when you're, you know, at an ATM, when you're, how to talk to your family about fear, uh, our, you know, our no fear program. But the idea is, like, I had to go, like, I just lost thousands and thousands of dollars, like, like immediately, because somebody said, you're not allowed out of your house. Let's go. Boom. All my business just stopped. So I could sit there and go, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Or I can go, you know, fuck. I'm not victim number one in, in, in this movie. I'm the fucking lead in this movie. What am I going to do? But I come back to when you guys are, are, are working on shit, how many text messages? And, and when you look at them, you need to scan and go inessential, 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 not important now, back burner, back burner. Right. And so we come back to what you said, Bobby, in, the, in that wrap up. We're going to be bombarded with stimuli that says this is going to be fixed tomorrow. We're going to all die. Right. And everything in between that. We need to decide what we're going to investigate. And we need to understand that anything we meditate on is going to start a movie in our mind. That's just the way the human brain works. And then we need to have that Self-awareness to go, okay, this, this is making my blood pressure rise and I need to be cal as calm as possible right now. And, uh, and so that's understanding how to control that, that fixation that's going to doubt and, and anxiety and that relationship and the move in our mind and go, i got to get out of the fear loop and i gotta, I got to do this and i got to plan accordingly. Protect myself so I can protect my family and protect my community. And if everybody fucking did that, we'd be like... Metaphorically, like I said in an interview on Monday, this is a medical 9-11. And, and we need to come together. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So you guys out there, you're listening. 
Uh, thank you very much for spending time with, with, with us and the legendary Tony Blauer. Tony, I just want to tell you, your guy I've respected for a long time. Um, I'm actually, you know, it's funny, we're just crossing paths recently because being a, a cop from Canada, being in, in, in the UFC in that industry, you're somebody from afar I've always looked up to. Uh, Joe has uh, always talked about you, and, and it's pretty obvious where a lot of his teaching comes from, and he's one of the best men uh one of the best people that I know, and and you're a you know a part of a credit to that. So thank you very much for spending time with us and uh, teaching us a little bit about fear and and you know what I'll coin controlling the narrative. So yes. thank you for your time. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part two of our interview with Coach Blower. Uh, his system is something that I've been involved in for a number of years. I'm a I'm an admirer of his work and and happy to have had the opportunity to. Uh, to study under him for quite a while. So I was uh, ecstatic when we were able to get him on the show for this, uh, especially these days when I think his message uh, is is really necessary. Um, we'll be back again with another episode real soon. In the meantime, uh, you want to continue the conversation. You want to surround yourself with some of the most uh, uh, motivational and helpful people on the planet. Get into the Maximus Inner Circle. Go to themaximuspodcast.com. Uh, Click the Join Now button and get involved. Uh, you can download our app in the App Store. Uh, we've got workout plans. We've got a really active discussion forum. There's constantly conversation going on in there. We have exclusive content for Inner Circle members. So if you like our content, if you like our message, that is the best way to support us. So again, go to themaximuspodcast.com and sign up for the Inner Circle. Uh, and that is it for now. We will see you all again next time. Because you're the last of a dying breed.